Right, well, I need a volunteer this morning, someone who thinks they're good at catching, someone who can catch something. All right, Christina, all right, your first hand up, so you win. All right, so I've got some uh, bouncy balls here that aren't always easiest to catch, but I think you could probably do it. We'll try one at a time here, see how it goes. Oh, man, all right. Let's try this all over. Let's try it all over. You guys didn't see any of that. All right. Okay, one. Oh, okay. These are kind of tricky to catch. All right, two. Hey, you get better as time goes by. Three, four. Look at that. All right, cool. Now, might get a little trickier, but let's see if you can keep it going. <laughs> Come on. You got it. Come on. What? All right, well, I understand that. Um, how about this? <laughs> Not at all. Okay, well, hey. So there's a point to all this madness. Thank you. Give her a round of applause at least. <laughs> Thank you. That, was, that, that worked out well. Perfect. So um, there's, a, there's a reason for all this. The reason is simply this. It's a lot easier to catch a ball one at a time when it's thrown at a speed when you can catch it and then get ready, prepare for the next one and catch it and so forth. Then when they start coming in a little faster, uh, you can't adjust that quickly, right? And so things get a little crazy and then you start losing some. And then if they all come at once, it gets even harder. Life can be like that with troubles and trials and burdens too, right? One at a time, it's not so bad. Oh, we can take a little bit here and there and Boy, that seems like time, I mean, things like things pile up on top of us, and we can't handle it, and we can't, we can't juggle it all of a sudden. And then if we feel like four or five things come all at once, sometimes we just duck and hide. So what makes this, I think, important for us to think about is when we go into this passage this morning, we're going to talk about worry and anxiety and the things that make us anxious, and oftentimes it's those those little trials that come at us. But if we, if we do it in the right way, I think we can reduce all the trials that we're going to balance at one time and hopefully get it down to something a little more manageable. So that's kind of the direction I want to go. And I, have, I just ended up buying a ton of these things, and they're smiley face. So I thought this would be a good way for you guys to remember today in this message. And every time I look at it, it makes me smile. So I just want to throw them out there. You guys can go for it. They're going to bounce all over the place, but feel free. If you don't get one, just go ahead. Hope, don't let it poke somebody in the eye or you know, hurt somebody, but I got a few more out here. You guys handle that? Watch the babies. Be careful of the babies. Protect them, all right? Anybody else need one out there that hasn't got one yet? All right, I got some there. Got some in the back. <laughs> kind of missed the lights. All right, anybody else need some? No? Got one over there. Okay, right, we've got a few more up here. All right, we're covered. Got one back there. I don't know if you're going to get that one. Woo, nice. See, one at a time. Got it. No problem. Well, I have even more, and uh, I might just keep them in my office if nobody else wants them, because I can throw them at Luke and Ben all week long. So I'm not Ben. Sorry, Josh. Oh, I don't know who Ben is, so I don't know. Who's Ben? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> He's already thrown him at me. There you go. Well, 
Uh, John Newton, he was an Anglican preacher in the late 1700s. Here's what he had to say. I compare the troubles which we have to undergo in the course of the year to a great bundle of sticks, far too large for us to lift. But God does not require us to carry the whole at once. He mercifully unties the bundle and gives us first one stick, which we carry today, and then another, which we carry tomorrow, and so on. This we might easily manage if we would only take the burden appointed for us each day. But we choose to increase our troubles by carrying yesterday's stick over again today and adding tomorrow's burden to our load before we are required to bear it. But that was a good point. God does tell us He doesn't give us more than we can manage or handle or attempt beyond what we can take, and He always provides a way out. But sometimes we... We take those temptations, we take those trials, and then we add even more to it from the world. We're pretty strong, and in Christ we're even stronger. But if we start worrying about the things that that God wants us to stay focused on, and then we add to it what the world wants us to be focused on, it's going to become a pretty big burden. So we need to be careful about that. Here's a great passage. I think probably many of you know it. Luke 10, 38, 42, or at least you've heard the story somewhere along the way. It says this, while they were traveling, these are Jesus and the disciples, Jesus, he entered a village and a woman named Martha it welcomed him into her home, and she had a sister whose name was Mary, okay? so who also was at the, the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and she came up and asked, Lord, do you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. And the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice, and it will not be taken away from her. That's a great story. Here you have Jesus. Here is is God in the flesh in your home. And instead of coming and listening to him and asking those questions that you want to ask him and all of that, she's she's busy because she wants to impress him and she wants to take care of him, which is something that all of us want to do, right? I mean, every Sunday morning we come in here and we set up a service for you know, for you guys to come in. And some of you come in at 8 o'clock in the morning and you're here working at it and we're, you know, putting drapes up and lights up and chairs up and tarps down and stage, all that kind of stuff. And it's easy, I got to tell you, because I've been in that spot, it's easy to get so fixed on that that we lose the focus. And there are mornings we come in here and, and things aren't working. Lights aren't working, computer's not working, sound isn't working, uh, whatever. It, it, and then we're thinking, oh, man, this, this isn't going to be a very good service. And, you know, we start saying things that are just ridiculous. Because no matter how much time and effort we put into to putting this into play, Jesus is still Jesus. He's still worthy to be worshipped. He's still worth sitting at his feet. Even if the lights don't work, we can sit with Jesus at his feet. Right? And that's what Jesus is telling Martha here. He's saying, listen, you need to be more like Mary who's going to come and sit down at the right spot and sit at my feet. Don't be so worried about what's going on in the world. And so that brings me to this point. Your worries will never outpace God's care. That's what I want you to hear today. Your worries 
will never outpace God's care. There are times in your life where you're going to feel like, man, I, I've got so many struggles. I've got so many issues going on in my life. Uh, the worries are increasing. The anxiety is increasing. Depression today is on a rise. Suicide is on a rise. There are more uh, drugs being created and sold for depression and anxiety than ever before. People have a great amount of pressure, anxiety, stress, worry, whatever you want to call it, just coming down, pounding down on them. I watch as my kids grow up today and in our society, and they're always asking questions, what am I going to do with my life? Where am I going to go next? What about college? And do I have the grades to get into college? And do I have the testing to get into college? And then even if I get into there, am I going to be able to go and then do well in college? And then at that point, am I going to be able to get into a career? And then am I going to be able to buy a house? And you watch that price of housing going up and up and up. And then is there going to be a marriage? And all these questions that they're wrestling with. Teenage suicide is going up and up and up. It's all those questions and pressure that's going on in life. So here's the hope we have. Our worries will never outpace God's care. I hope you hear that and you see that as you go through this passage here today. Let's just read it real quickly, Matthew 6, 25, and then we'll come back and look at it some more. It says this, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. Now, they don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. Now if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this text. It's a great reminder that we're not to worry, we're not to be anxious, we're to put our faith and trust in you, we're to rest in your care. The trials of life can, can add up, the burdens can weigh us down, but you've made it clear that you'll walk with us. We can feel like poor Christina up here did, uh, Christiana did here a little while ago where she's got all these different bouncy balls coming at her, and it feels like that at times, Lord. But I thank you that you help us. You help us catch them. You help us manage them. You walk with us. Thank you for that. Our worries will never outpace your care. So we cast our anxiety upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to look at a few points this morning. Oftentimes our worries are based in fear. And as you look at this text... And you start off at the beginning, he says, don't worry about your life, okay? what you will eat or what you will drink, the food that you will consume. 
And don't worry about what you will wear, because your life is more important than food, and the body is more important than clothing. But we tend to worry about the things, and we tend to fear that we may not be supplied, at least have our needs supplied sometime in life. And so we do things, and we add to our worries, and we add to our stress, because we're thinking, oh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to have enough. I don't know if I'm going to have enough money in life. I don't know if I'm going to have a good enough career. I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to like my career. I don't, and then we add all those things up, and it just builds more and more pressure in people's life. So when I was uh, dating Rebecca, got to, uh, you know, started dating her a little bit, and, and I ran into some financial issues because I wanted to impress her, right? And so I started to buy some clothing that I thought would have been nice. Come to find out later, she didn't think that was very nice. thought they were kind of ugly. So that's all right. She still liked me, I guess. And then, you know, I took her out to places to eat. We went out to eat a lot. And, and then I started to notice that my bank account was going down. And then I actually bounced a few checks. And, of course, you know, I was learning a little bit about how to balance and, you know, handle finances. And uh, bounced a few checks and realized, wow, when you bounce, it costs you a lot more because they put on these, like, fees and stuff. And so I was learning this, and I was beginning to realize I'm doing a lot of this to impress her, but I need to be trusting God through it. This is the relationship that God has given me, and God wants us to be together. I think I ought to do, you know, up my game, do my best, but, but I don't need to go into debt to do it and stress over, over the debt. I need to live within the means, right? And that's the point. I, I think, you know, in our lives, we can, we can go above and beyond and try to make things better out of fear that we're not going to have enough or out of fear that we're not going to be accepted with other people. And so we, we go into more debt or we, we take on more than we can handle, and we end up having more worries and troubles down the road. Life isn't about what you have. It's not about the food that you're going to to eat or the drink that you're drinking. It's about serving and loving God, and it's about serving and loving others. Right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what life is about, and that's what Jesus is challenging people with. Because you're so focused on food, you're so focused on drink and, and your daily routine and all that's going on in life that you're missing the mark. It's about seeking and knowing Christ. He goes on to talk about the body. The body is not just about clothing. It's not just about image and, and making that presence out there with your friends and the people you walk in front of and, and you know, go to the store and they see you, oh, that's nice clothes you have on. I mean, that's part of what we, what we do today. Oh, that's nice. Your hair looks great. You know, we kind of live for those moments. Well, I don't live for the hair moment. I'm like, I try to keep it as short as I can so I don't have to do anything. Not quite as short as Anthony's, but, but almost. Then I wouldn't have to do anything. I like that look. Our worries tend to be based in fear sometimes, fear that we won't be accepted, fear that we won't have supplies. Don't live in that type of fear. And he goes on to tell us how we can overcome, I think, that fear. See, worries tend to help us focus on ourselves and focus less on God, but we need to flip that around and see more of what God's doing and care less about 
ourselves. And so what worries tend to do, what anxiety tends to do, is tends to, we, we fail to see God at work. Our worries fail to see God at work. So this is what he goes on, verse 26. It says, Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? So you look at the birds, and this is that time of year where the birds, you know, they're flying around, they're going here and there, and, and they're gathering food, and there's some seeds that are popping up, so they go on, they eat some of that, and they're, they're migrating back to our colder, you know, now it's getting warmer, so they've left in the wintertime, they went somewhere else, they come back, and, and they're just taken care of. God's like, hey, I got this. I'm going to feed them. So he gives that as an example. He says, why are you worried about supplies? Don't you realize I take care of the birds? He goes on, he gives us this Example, well, first of all, he challenges us even more. Verse 27, can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? Can you add one minute, one second? No. In fact, the opposite is usually true. When we worry, when we become anxious, our life either gets shorter or we tend to lose some of the enjoyment in life. Isn't that interesting? We don't add to it. It almost takes away from life when we worry. So he goes on in verse 28. He says, Why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and it's thrown in the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you? You have little faith. So he talks about the birds and how the birds do what they do. And then he talks about the wildflowers. He says, look at how they grow. So this is maybe one of your favorite times of the year. It is for a lot of people, spring. You know, Things are popping up. The tulips have been out. you got the tulips. The flowers come out in the morning. They're pretty cool to watch. I'm going to trip over this thing. Um, they're pretty cool to watch because they open up. The sun comes out, and then they close back up. And So I remember watching, you know, watching our kids see that for the first time. Like, wow, Dad, then it's open, then it's closed. And you're like, yeah, it's cool, isn't it? That's the way God designed it. Look at how beautiful they are. And then you see, like, during the summertime, which drives me crazy, we have a lot of dandelions in our yard this year because last year a few dandelions popped up. My kids went around, and they're like, you know how, like, you know how they're fun after they've dried, you know, they've grown and they pop out and they're like, look, Dad. And I'm like, no, don't. You know, and God does amazing things and He takes care of the wildflowers and he, he makes them beautiful. He says, listen, guys, He's done that to you. You're taken care of and you're beautiful. The way God created us is acceptable and beautiful, and we need to remember that. We don't have to try to impress people with our clothing, with, with jewelry, with our hair, or anything like that. We are, we are wonderfully made. We are beautiful. Now, I don't think that means we shouldn't take showers and stink, but you know, we should definitely take care of ourselves. But you don't have to go above and beyond and, and try to impress You're acceptable and beautiful as God created you. And that's what he reminds us here. So don't worry about your clothes. Don't worry, hey, I don't have the, <clears throat> the newest clothes. I'm still, still wearing the clothes from five years ago. Fortunately, they fit. In my case, that's not really the case. But, but you know, you might say things like that. and Man, that's, 
That's okay. You're acceptable and beautiful to God as you are. Our worries fail to see God at work. He's working in your life. So see what he's doing and praise him for it. And then understand this as you move forward in this passage, verse 31. He tells them, so don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink, much like he said at the beginning of the passage, or what we will wear. So again, reminding him of that. Verse 32, for the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. Now, the Gentiles, we don't even know for us, it's a little bit different. For them, they understood, okay, they were, they were Jews, and he was talking mainly to Jews at this point. And we're looking back here, before this, Jesus died on the cross is when he spoke this. So he's talking to his, his Jewish brothers and sisters, and he says, hey, you know, the, we've got the Gentiles out there, and the Gentiles are living that way, but you are supposed to be living, you know, you know for God. So I'm going to go to our context today, which is we're believers in Jesus Christ, but we know the world out there is not believing in Christ. Okay? So we can say the Gentiles or the unbelievers eagerly seek all these things. They want what the world wants. They want to know that they've got their food. They want to know that they've got their clothing. They want to know that they've got their retirement plan. They want to know that they've got that bank account with the savings so if they need something. They want to know that they've got that dependable car. They want to know they have that house. They want to know all those things. Right? He says the Gentiles seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Verse 33 then, but seek first the kingdom of God. Now, it's interesting there. He doesn't, see, just doesn't stop and say, seek only. He says, seek first. Put that first. Put that number one in your life. Okay, seek him above all things and everything else then kind of flows out of that. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, doing what God says is right, agreeing with him with what's right, and then all these things will be provided for you. All these things will be taken care of. Verse 34 there, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Well, because tomorrow will worry about itself. God never cares, or God never fails, excuse me, God's care never fails. And the world around us just doesn't get it, right? People who don't have faith in, in Jesus just don't get it. And so they're always wrestling to, to manage their own life and to manage their own circumstances and all that. But hopefully as followers of Christ, we understand that God is in control and we can turn those things over to him and he's going to care for us because that's what he promised to do. He said he'd do it. And it doesn't fail. So he reminds us, pursue God here. Seek him first. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And in order, love your neighbor as yourself. Put him first, put others next. Love the Lord your God and love others. And then I like what he says there at the end. Don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. One of the things I think is really important for us to remember is that God wants us and expects us to do what he said we should do. This is why this is important. <clears throat> I think we can sometimes get to a passage like this and say, oh, okay, we don't have to worry about anything. Therefore, let's just go ahead and do whatever we think is fun, do whatever we exciting, and we don't have any responsibilities or anything like that. No, go back to the passage and talk about birds. Okay, birds still work. Birds still do what they're supposed to do. They're just provided for. 
And when he comes to at the end here, he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Instead, let each day worry. You know, each day has enough trouble of its own. So, so just live life. Go through your daily routine. Go through what God has designed you and created you to do. Work like you're supposed to. Take care of the, the responsibilities like you're supposed to. And trust God with the results. That's how we're supposed to live life. And sometimes we're going through the, you know, we're going through the daily grind and maybe, you know, something happens, car breaks down, you got that extra bill and you're like, oh, okay, God, where's that going to come from? Well, if we've been faithful, you know what? God's faithful. Now, if you're already in a load of debt because of some poor choices you've already made or something like that, then don't expect that God's just going to be like, hey, you're going to win the lottery next month. That's not the way it works. If we dig ourselves into a hole, God allows us to have consequences. And we have to work out of it. He helps us work out of it. But we're still, we've dug ourselves into a hole. We have to accept responsibility for that. So we work and we do what we're supposed to a day at a time, a day at a time, one ball at a time, rather than trying to tackle everything at one time. And God helps us. And the church comes around and helps us to do those things as well. Don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Your worries will never outpace God's care. He knows how to care for you. The question is, do you know how to let Him care for you? Or do you just try to care for yourself all the time? Philippians 4, 6, it says, Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Here's a scary thought. It says, Don't worry about anything. Okay, that's a command. If we worry, it's a sin. Like, whoa, what? Yeah. By the way, we, we teach and we preach, so you know this, it's really clear, that God is a God who is gracious and forgiving. We sin like this all the time. Sometimes we think, oh, sinning is just, you know, stealing or murder or something like that. No, sinning is anytime we turn away from God and do things our way. Don't worry about anything. So when we realize, man, I'm worrying about this, we ought to bring it to the surface and say, you know what, I'm trusting myself and I'm not trusting God, and therefore I need to be broken and come right back to Him. I've had to do that in my life. I have to do it all the time. In fact, I look at this verse right here. This is one of those hardest verses for me. There's two that I always come to mind when people say, what's the hardest thing to do? I'm like, well, Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. That's extremely hard. The other one is love your enemies. Right? Don't worry? Are you kidding me? How do you do that? Oh, yeah, you trust God. There's been many times I've had to realize, and there have been many prayers I've prayed to God. I'm saying, oh, man, I, I did it again. I'm taking life into my own hands. I'm doing it my way. God's got to break me and say, you know what? You need to just trust me. I'm a dad raising kids in a church. That can be a scary thing at times because people are, like, watching, right? Oh, those are the pastor's kids over there. And that's, that's hard for them. You know, they've got to they've grow up with people like, oh, you're the pastor's kid, aren't you? Yeah, the pastor's kid, that's why I'm so bad. You know, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't think they say that. 
I remember a couple services, I haven't had to do this here, but I've had to do it before, where uh, I, I stopped in the middle, we were singing, Rebecca was um, playing guitar, I was, I was leading, and, and my kids were acting up, and they're in the front row. So I'm like, oh, hold it, stop. And I went down right in the middle of the service and talked to them. Only happened a couple times, that's all it needed, right? But there's this, there's this worry as, as a pastor at times, man, what do people... What do people think? And I'm not trying to, trust me, I'm not trying to get you to go, oh, pastor, we think you're great. No, I'm not trying to get that at all. I'm just trying to be real, that, that there is this, this desire to please and have this image, right, that you've got it all together. And so you, you worry at times. God says, don't worry. Have you done that before? Whether it's with people in the church you try to be somebody you're not so that you can maybe put on a little bit of a show, your image, you change your image a little bit, whether it's here, uh, whether it's there in person, whether it's through social media, whatever it is, you tend to you know, change up who you are. We're really good at doing that, aren't we? We're good at being actors and actresses. God says, don't worry. Instead, pray and, and with thanksgiving, and that's the hardest one, but it's so, so true. Instead of worrying about something, we're thankful for it. This will, this will revolutionize your anxiety, I, I promise you. The things you're anxious for, if you start thanking God for them. I know you're like, oh, I don't think I could ever do that. But start thinking through the things that you are stressed about and start saying, God, I'm, I thank you for that because it's building character in my life. All of a sudden, you'll be like, oh, okay. Got to humble myself a little bit here. Start being thankful. That's why he says it. With petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And I love this one, 1 Peter 5, 7. And you go back to verse 6. It says that we ought to uh, submit ourselves under God's mighty hand. Okay, so he's got a mighty hand, casting all your cares on him because he cares about you. He cares about you. He cares about me. Just like he cares about the lilies of the field or the wildflowers, and he cared about Solomon, and he took care of him. He says, listen, you, you are taking care of more than Solomon, and Solomon, all of his splendor, all of his splendor wasn't as beautiful as the lilies of the field, the wildflowers. He takes care of us. He loves us. That's incredible. So, what are you worried about today? What's causing you to be anxious today? Have you talked to God about it? And then the next question is, do you believe he'll help you? Sometimes we talk to God about the things we're anxious about. We say, okay, God, here's, here's what I'm worried about. Here's what I'm anxious about. Can you, can you fix it? Can you change the circumstance? We like to do that a lot in our prayers. Like, how can you just change the circumstance? If you change that, then everything will be okay. And God's like, well, I kind of got you going right now because you need to change your character a little bit. Wow. Why do we have to change, right? Do you believe he'll help you through it? Do you believe your trust would grow? Sometimes I get into a situation like this, and I, yeah, I'm anxious. Okay, here's my anxiety. I talk to God about it. And while I'm praying, I'll have a solution pop into my head. I'll think, oh, that must be from God, right? 
It's probably more of a temptation because I'm more like a fix-it person. I want to fix it myself. So I'm like, oh, maybe that's the way I need to fix it. And I still need to come back and say, okay, God, is this your plan? Is this what you're supposed to do? Is this the way I'm supposed to fix this? Or do I need to take more time and be patient and rest in your care and allow you to fix it? Have you talked to God about it? Would you let me pray with you for those things that make you anxious? So we have a a response card, and you're welcome to write in that if you'd like to. But I just want to encourage you. I I pray through our directory once a week, so all the people that come here on a regular basis, I pray through it. And uh, and I pray for you specifically. And if there's something that you're like, man, I could really use prayer in this area of my life, then I would love to add it to my prayer list so I can pray specifically for you. So if you'd like to, you can respond. That, That response card you can write on the back and respond that way. Or you may say, you know what, you talk about this relationship with Jesus Christ. I have no idea what you're talking about. If that's the case, on that response card, it says something on there about you know, starting a relationship with Jesus or knowing more. I'd love to share with you what it's like to have a relationship with God, with Jesus Christ. And so I will follow up with you and talk to you about that as well. And we have others here that may do that as well. The second part of that question is, will you consider sharing these things with your life group this week? So we talk a lot about life groups. You saw that this morning. But they need to be praying for you, too. We're living life together, caring for each other. Uh, we've had just, you know, and I'm just talking about our life group. I know this happens in all the life groups. In the last, I think, three life groups, we've had some, some major things brought up. And we've been able to pray with each other, sing with each other. Uh, it's, on one hand, it's, it's sad to see the things that are going on in people's lives. But it's awesome to rejoice that as a, as a body, as a group of, of people, we can come around each other and encourage each other. That's what it's about. Loving God and loving others. So I want to ask you to, to think about those things. We're going to play just for a couple minutes here. Uh, play a song and give you some time to reflect. Like I say, if you want to write on that response card, and then when we take offering, you just throw on the plate. And uh, I'd love to follow up and be praying for you this week. So think about anxiety. God, God's care is greater than your anxiety, or your anxiety will never outpace God's care.